Good morning, everyone. It's Judith. I hope you're listening to Mad Love. Um, yeah, what can you say? I mean, this is truly one of the most interesting times in history. Who, who could have imagined that 2020 would bring such chaos and turmoil and grief and frustration? I mean, it's just been the perfect storm. And um, yeah. I know that there are hot button issues that are making people upset and apparently you can't voice any opinion except the one that they think you should have. Um, And it's extreme. But, you know, I I feel like everyone's not having a collective experience, period. You know, we're all divided into so many different categories. So Republicans are experiencing coronavirus completely differently than Democrats and moderates and independents. Um, you know, evangelicals are having a different experience than the rest of us. Uh, we're not having a collective black experience. Everybody who doesn't have brushes and skirmishes with the law, that's black. It's, it's just not what happens for all of us. Um, you know, but that doesn't mean injustices aren't happening. Certainly they are. But at the same time, if you don't voice this opinion, like apparently I think Lil Wayne said something that just wasn't uh, what the mob wanted to hear and they just lit him up, you know. But Wayne's a 46-year-old man with a lot of money, you know what I mean? If he didn't look like what he looked like, you probably would think, of, of course he's Republican or of course he's more conservative. But also, I think people of a certain age, yeah, we know things exist, but also we know other things exist, too. This whole narrative where it's just got to be this one way and you got to agree with everybody uh, exactly the way they want you to. I think that's a problem, too. Um, Everybody's entitled to feel how they feel, even if they're wrong, (laughs) even if you don't agree. And who's to say you're right and they're wrong? You know, who knows? But... uh, this this all or nothing type of mentality it's going to be our undoing nobody you can't even send your family nobody agrees with everybody lockstep even in your family so i just pray that we get past this whole notion that we all got to think alike i think more than anything we need to focus on doing what's best for the masses and not focusing on what's best for us as individuals And, you know, how can I serve? That's the question that's changed my life. And I think it's the question that'll change everybody's lives. Um, Because when you're sincere and you're doing something out of a place of service, it can't be bad. Um, It's when you're doing things and you're not in a sincere place of service. uh, Or you're just pretending or you're just tweeting and you're not really doing anything. So we need to be authentic, and I think that's a a big piece of everything. Um, As far as your personal goals, I mean, it's 2020. it's It's the sixth month, so we're halfway through. I'm not sure what you need to motivate you. But uh, if, if the past events from March through now haven't moved you or changed you or transformed you in your vision in some way, I don't know. You need to check your pulse. Um, because if it's chaotic and you are able to maintain some income through all this and you saw some light and you want to change your life um, and you didn't do anything, hey, 
I don't know what more you need to motivate you. I mean, chaos, tumult, confusion. Uh, it's just a lot going on. And the virus still hasn't gone away. Cases are, are surging from what I understand. Of course they are. Everybody's up in each other's faces. You know, so, uh, and to me, they still don't know enough about it. So between COVID-19, uh, the, the George Floyd killing, and the subsequent, I think the subsequent non-response from the president has been uh, just, you know, gasoline to a, a, a flame. And, uh, yeah, and if you push all that to the side and then look at your own life and your own goals, you know, how can you use these times to your advantage to advance your situation? Not so much to exploit anything or, you know, not that it's bad to be an opportunist. Um, but, yeah, it's a buyer's market. And I'm not sure how the stock market is staying up, but God love it. Um, it is. And, you know, look at your finances, look at your situation. Do you want to start a business? What is it that you want that's yours that you can do that that's part of your mission of being here and do it and do it. And don't let all the other things keep you from doing it. Listen, I personally have the belief all of a sudden we're going to see all these writing programs for minority writers and female writers from the studios because they're just so upset about racism. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to hire 20 writers and out of 50,000 applications and you may or may not ever hear from these people again. I'm not interested in that. I have a, a very uh, well <laughs> managed content company that has got content in every area of the entertainment industry you can think of. Um, we have the content. I'm looking for a distribution partner. Anything else is just plantation mentality. Because we've been here before. Oh, yeah, we're going to do all these internship programs. All this, yeah, helping one or two people get started. That's nice. I'm not saying it's bad, but that's not what I'm talking about. I want ownership. I have ownership. I just need a, your platform. So let's partner. You know, it's a reason why you. everybody goes, well, why doesn't all the black people... Why doesn't... Why don't all the black people get together and... um uh, have their own studio. I don't know because a lot of them get individual deals and that's enough for them. And then you got Tyler Perry. He's got his own studio and that's great. That's fantastic. But that doesn't help me. <laughs> you know, I need a distribution partner. I don't need just a place to go film my films. I need a, a place that's going to guarantee that my content gets out into the world and market it properly. And we split the profits because that's not normally how it works. Everything else is, but even these crappy record deals you hear about all the time. You know, a lot of these cats, they sign these deals. They're not, they're not financially yoked. They've already had to, to sacrifice so much of the advance just to give music videos, just to get this and that. I mean, the deals are notoriously terrible. And uh, then there's that added layer, which the song Billboard addresses is how these kids, if you look at uh, YouTube, there's tons of videos of of rappers. And I don't always believe everything I see on YouTube. But these seem pretty legit. Where these young kids, I mean, they they sign these deals. And then these record labels extort them. 
by getting them drunk on something and then having them do wildly inappropriate things with other dudes. Even they're half drugged up and they're doing all this crazy stuff. And then the record labels and executives extort them. And now you see Jeffrey Epstein's story and you think, oh, okay. What sounded preposterous is kind of, okay, this is why this dude is taking this crappy deal and not saying anything and why they're stuck there and why they don't ever really seem to be really rich. You know, it's just exploitation and plantation mentality. So I don't want that. You know, I interned at Warner Brothers many, many summers ago. It was probably 30 summers ago. And uh, it was really clear very early why there wasn't a strong, um, for me, it was black at, at that time, but any minority presence in theaters. And we had a lot more black films back then. But it was obvious who was making the decisions. And, and you know, it was like, we'll, we, we are interested in New Jack City and we're interested in this, you know, for about 10 years, they would, you know, cherry pick the black projects they would do because they thought they would make money. And they did. But then they wanted more money. So they abandoned that and moved in very deeply into um, comic books and uh, these big giant epic films and if they weren't big epic films they didn't feel like they would sell internationally so uh, goodbye little independent black filmmakers um, and it's just been frustrating and I'm not blaming racism for it even though that's probably the reason but it's also capitalism but at the end of the day n- channels like Netflix and Amazon they people want to see different things and you don't need to make $200 million or a billion dollars on every picture to to be profitable. But the way the studios are set up, they do. And so, yeah, but now you got to change. Movie theaters may not even come back. People might not even go to a movie theater like that anymore, design like that, sitting that close. Because if COVID-19 is out there, what other viruses are out there? We've been sitting ducks. So, you know, any kind of closed up space in the dark, I was already leery once people decided to start shooting up movie theaters. It's really hard to get comfortable. It's like, okay, is somebody going to come through the door? You know, you're, you are a sitting duck. Hey, they might not come back. So studios are going to have to figure something out, how to get their content seen in front of people. And instead of viewing Netflix and all these places as competition, they're going to have to be partners. Well, I want a partner too. And I deserve one. So there you go. That's just the way I feel about it. All right, people, let's get out here. Let's have a great Monday. Let's kick this week's ass. Made a lot of progress on a lot of fronts. Now, don't lose the momentum and don't lose the purpose. Doing something just to be doing something is silly. And we've come too far for that. Thank you.